Hi, good morning, Night Vale listeners, fans, owners, and future patrons. Yes, we said it, patrons. We are launching a Patreon. So we can do cool things like bring you more fun slash weird content and have some cash to pay our editors and mixers. If you were thinking I'd love to buy those Good Morning Night Vale hosts a beer or a froyo or two semesters of tuition at mortuary school. Now you can, but instead of beers and yogurt and embalming fluid, it's cash so we can use it to keep bringing you this show. We have great perks for our patrons, like ad-free episodes and exclusive backstage tour videos and pictures, including video from our recent trip to White Castle. It was fine. Totally fine. Plus, a bonus monthly fan zone only episode, bi-monthly live fan zones, shout-outs in the credits, recipes, and food recs from the cast. I, Hal Lublin, will make scones for you on the internet. Plus, monthly weird, personalized gifts and snacks delivered by mail from the cast. I have a lot of weird Night Vale shit in my house, and for the right price, it's coming your way. And the opportunity to be a guest on Good Morning Night Vale on the future episode of your choice. And more. If you love us or even just like us, check out our Patreon and keep our love alive with your sweet, sweet cash. Go to patreon.com slash goodmorningnightvale. That's patreon.com. Good morning, Night Vale. We are forever in your hearts. And in your earbuds. And in your bank accounts. It's fine. We We love love you. you. The desert seems vast, even endless. And yet, scientists tell us that somewhere, even now, there is snow. Good morning, Night Vale. Here we are, episode two, episode two of Good Morning Night Vale, Glow Cloud episode. Awesome. Welcome to it. My name is Meg Bashbiner, and I work on Welcome to Night Vale, and that's me. I'm Hal Lublin. I am the voice of Steve Carlsberg, and just an interested citizen. And I'm Symphony Sanders, Tamika Flynn, your local cat-headed lady. <laughs> nope. <laughs> I'm an Egyptian goddess, got a cat for a head. We're in a real punchy place, but thank you so much for joining us again on uh, this Night Vale recap show. And today we are recapping episode two of Welcome to Night Vale, which is entitled Glow Cloud. So we are, this podcast aims to take a look back on the episodes of Welcome to Night Vale and talk about our feelings after re-listening them and telling some fun stories about the making of them. So the Glow Cloud episode description is a mysterious glowing cloud makes its way across Night Vale, plus new Boy Scouts hierarchy, community events calendar, and a PTA bake sale for a great cause. So that's our description. What are our reactions and revelations, guys? Well, this is the episode that launched a million umbrella-based cosplays, isn't it? (laughs) Yes. Like, the thing I see the most... Wherever I go, if there is Night Vale cosplay, I always a ton of of uh, Cecils and Carloses, of course. But yeah. g- like the number of glow clouds I've seen is staggering, and I forgot that it showed up this early on the show. I like it. This is another one we talked about this last week with uh, how much of the mythology is put in place, and it's here again. Koshak, the glow cloud, John Peters, uh, just it's crazy. 
Yeah. And when you look at the uh, Glow Cloud cosplay, you can really see the variety there. Like there's the Glow Cloud where it's just like, oh, I'm just going to have an umbrella. And then other ones where I am the cloud and they wear like a big ball gown. Funny enough, I was at a parade this past weekend and there was a woman who had a, a clear umbrella that had cotton business all over the top. And I was like, I just yelled, glow cloud. She was not a glow cloud. She was just a cloud because there was just rain coming down. Like there were crystal beads coming down from it. But that's how influenced I am by this. It's permeated, permeates you even at parades. <laughs> yes. This episode also talks about uh, Hiram McDaniels. For the first time, yeah, we get our we get our first Hiram, um, and this is like yeah, this is, there's a lots of interesting characters that make their way into this episode. We kind of in the first episode we get the angels, so that's kind mm-hmm. of our like first uh, first weird thing that happens. In this episode we get a glow cloud and we get Hiram McDaniel's, which are just very much other type of characters. We also get John Peters, you know, the farmer, which not to say John <laughs> Peters is basic, not to not to uh, align John Peters with basic dumb. But uh, yeah, so we, we get the glow cloud and we get Hiram McDaniels all in one episode. Wait, I can't remember. Is this the one where the guy with the Indian head just I can't remember if it was this one or the, the Apache one. tracker? The Apache they tracker. They mentioned the Apache tracker in the first episode. Okay. They call him the Indian tracker. This is the first time that the Apache tracker is corrected. And they talk about what a racist asshole. Yes. Um, Also in this episode, we get Kashik, which is a floating Uh, cat. So we've got a glowing cloud, a floating cat, and five-headed, literally a five-headed dragon. So these are the characters that are starting to show up in Night Vale, uh, things that are not your basic farmer, your basic racist cultural appropriator, uh, but things that are definitely broad strokes in the uh, supernatural. Kashik is my favorite, bar none favorite Night Vale character. Like bar none. I'm not a cat oh, yeah? person. I'm a dog person. I'm a publicly avowed and known dog person. But if I could have a Kashek, like the, the, something about the description and the story of Kashek as it develops, I, for some reason, connect with that character. And th- that is the thing more than anything else dis- that is talked about in the show that I have a very clear picture in my head of yes. what I think Kashek looks like, what I think the bathroom looks like. And I don't know why. I don't know why that's the thing I connect with, but it's intense. Honest. Will you talk about your will you talk about your headcanon for Kashik yes. and, and for the bathroom? You know, I Because I will. Well, go ahead. You talk about Kashik. You talk about Kashik, I'll talk about the bathroom. How's that? Well, I'm I I, I think they go <laughs> hand in hand, let's be honest. True. Um <laughs> true. Um so Kashik for me. For even before he's described even more, like, because he's floating up, like, a certain amount off the ground and whatnot, like, I just imagine him being, like, almost, like, balled up. Like, he's just, like, about to nap all the time. Um, But honestly, I always imagine the bathroom as having that one flickering light, Um, but it's constant. It's like never actually bright enough to see anything. It's just kind of like flickery. It's like that weird bathroom that you would probably be back out of. <laughs> That's hilarious. See, I always picture a black cat, uh, or initially my image was a black cat. But like, you know, when you pick a cat up by its middle and its paws are sort of dangling? Yeah. Like it's sort of hunched around. Mm-hmm. That That's the state 
that Kashek is constantly in, <laughs> like just being picked up by an unseen force and sort of force ghosty too, like a glow. Yes. And then the bathroom is the kind that you would find at like, uh, like your elementary school where they, they updated the building in like 1955 <laughs> and it hasn't gone into disrepair. It just keeps getting cleaned and they will never add anything new to it. So you have original paper towels, original soap dispensers, the separate sinks. It's got wow. odd fluorescent lighting and the weird, like the tile pattern where it's all white tile. And then every once in a while, there's a tile that's got some color to it. Yes. And they were like, this is a great pattern. <laughs> Children will like this. Great construction in the fifties. My canon for the my canon for the bathroom is like a little bit more early eighties, okay. um, mm. like where the choices were made with like the formica countertops, the like pink formica wow. countertops. Yes. And my my head canon for Kashik is is an orange cat. Wow, oh. it's like a fluffy orange cat, like uh, like Jeffrey's cat Simone. Jeffrey Craner has a gorgeous cat named Simone who is like a big fluffy orange cat. And I kind of picture Kashik before we like got more descriptors about Kashik. I it's just the cat I pictured, just like a fluffy kind of bouncy orange cat. He sounds like this. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I feel like I reject any version of Kashek described beyond what I imagined in my head. Like I'm unwilling <laughs> to let go of the head cannon. You're stuck on that. It's a very fan thing to do. It's like, no, what they said is wrong. Clearly it's a black cat being picked up by its middle in a 1950s bathroom. I should write a letter. <laughs> but that's... <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would, hey, fans, we would love to hear from you. Tell us about your your station men's bathroom head cannon and your 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 Kashik pre any descriptors, but from you know your glow cloud episode Kashik cannon. Tell us that. Tell us your yeah. head cannon. Great. So yeah, but we've d- devoted a lot of time to speaking about Kashik because just He's as Kashik important. becomes such an important character. Yes. Um, all these characters become super. You important. is important. Um, you know. Yeah. You is kind. You is important. You smart. <laughs> Look, Kashek, I mean, for I, obviously as we toured, Kashek became very popular on the social meds. Is what is that short for? Social media. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the social meds for nothing, for nothing. It is the social meds means. It's just as long. <laughs> it's actually longer. But I have to make a confession, you guys. Oh, oh boy. Kashik is gone. You lost Kashik. I lost it. I'm so what? upset. Okay. I Okay. I thought okay. I had put him in my suitcase and I think he's in Hampton Inn somewhere. He's not in Australia. No. He cuz he didn't okay. make it he didn't make it to Australia. I realized when I was in Australia that I didn't have him and I was like, "Oh, I must have just left him cuz I put him back on my bookshelf when I come home." And then I got home he was not there. Did we tell the listening audience that Kashik is the stuffed cat that was gifted to you? Did I block oh, out? Oh, I guess maybe that? we should tell them that. So there's um, a wonderful fan gifted us a Kashik that Symphony has taken around the world. Yeah. Um, and now Kashik has found a new home. In the void. We're not sure where or what it all means, but no, Kashik had an important life. Um, the, the stuffed Kashik. I will gladly accept a new one to bring with me on new tours. You know, to to, to bookend this a little bit, I, one time I snaked a 
Hiram McDaniel that somebody had <gasps> given, which was like a, a five-headed dragon costume that they had painted. So you had all the different color heads, and yeah. it sat on my desk at work. And then I had an intern one summer who was a Night Vale fan. <gasps> and so a, as a gift to her at the end of her internship, I gave her the Hiram that's nice. Way to go, Hal. Look at you really, really taking the lesson of internship. Friends yeah. and fans, I don't know if you yeah. know this, but Hal Lublin is the sweetest, mushiest lover that there ever was. He will oh, give you the shirt God. off his back. Not really, because he yes. only has five shirts. He's generous. <laughs> He's generous. Yes. He has 150 shirts, and they're all just the Welcome to Night Vale <laughs> Thrilling Adventure Hour crossover t shirts. <laughs> I do have multiples of that shirt, and and I did not do the smart thing where I like where like one of them is like this is for later. I just wear them both. One of, I, one of them is the one with the hole, and one of them is the one without the hole. But they are both like I've almost gone to the point where I'm like, could I go to? We love fine made those t-shirts, I think. And I thought, could I go to them and get like the mold for it somewhere or something? Can I get more? <laughs> I need more. Send you the Adobe Illustrator file, and then you can print as many as you want. <laughs> yes. That I will can be make the my only own. shirt Hal wears ever. I'll, but I'll have a hoodie and a hat and socks and and pants. A tuxedo. Have it printed just like over and over again on a tuxedo. <laughs> oh, Listen, every time I wear that shirt, it's an opportunity to tell somebody that I'm part of the show. Either one. <laughs> and then I'll get Either somebody one. who's like, oh, they're like, great shirt. And I, and I always get to go, which one? And they're like, Night Vale. I'm like, I play Steve Carlsberg. And they're and like, what? Like, they're like, okay, great, wow. good job. And then I'm like, I, what a, I need to go to therapy about this. This all needs to be unpacked. Why do I need to do this? That's what, I, that's what this podcast is really about. Forget <laughs> episode two. Let me lay down Hell, on the couch for you. a second. This yeah. is actually not a podcast. This is an intervention. Um, no. Oh, we thought knowing you. Knowing you, the best way to get you to agree to an intervention would be to tell you you have to be on a podcast. You tricked me. You did. It was a good. That was a good gotcha. one. It was a good Got one. Him. It's a trap. Podcast. Podcast or a Hal Lublin trap. It's a trap. That's how you trap a Hal. That's how you head trap a Hal Lublin. It's like, hey, you want to be my podcast? Um, yes. If you're looking to snare the most dangerous game of Lublin. <laughs> oh my god. It's true. It's true. I, I admit it. Can I, I have a question. Bring it back to the episode. Yes, please. When they call the Apache tracker an asshole, is that the only time there's ever been cursing in Night Vale? Because I do not remember cursing really being a part of the show. I mean, I know it's not a regular part of yeah, it. Yeah, they don't drop F-bombs. Yeah, I was struck by that too, the the a-hole comment. Um, I I. I can't speak to I can't speak to the catalog of cusses um, on the show, but I do know that it's pretty much they they do make an effort to not write cusses into the show, and that when we do get that little explicit logo, it's because of the weather because we don't censor our weather because we're not going right. to censor someone else's art, but you know because it's Cecil's on the radio, and and maybe I don't know about the you know the 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 rules of the radio in Night Vale about what you know if you can say F or S or effing S. But yeah, <laughs> effing your yeah. S, effing your A and the S. Um, That's a lot. Of- hey, Night Vale fans, Night Vale fans, uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you've cataloged the cuss words, the curses, however you say it. Uh, in I, I actually say it curses, but I feel like it's funnier to say cuss. Cuss. Yeah. Well, my grandma always said cuss. And I'd be like, oh, you shouldn't cuss. And then, you know, but the curse words is like. That's very proper. 
you know, be like, don't say curse words. Profanities? Yes. There has to be a, a cusses of Night Vale Tumblr, I'm sure it exists. It's got to be something. Where it's all cataloged. There's yeah. an every kind of Tumblr that exists, and that's why the internet is great. And that's why the yeah. internet is wrong. That's why I live there. Mm-hmm. All right, so back to our episode. We get the scouts. Uh, we get the full-on listing of the scouts, which I think later are amended and we get some more scouts. Right. Um, but right. that that is one of my, like, little favorite parts of Night Vale is the different, how much fun they must have had writing those different scout names. Do you have, do you guys have a favorite scout? I mean, I'm drawn to the, like, Eternal Scout. Just yeah. yeah. Feels I like mean, come on. This one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'll, I like the Fear Scout like, it's just fun. And, like, they just keep going with it, which is in classic Joseph and Jeffrey style, just being like, let's see how ridiculous we can get with this thing. You could take this thing that is normal, that is just, like, the, you know, the Boy Scouts and turn it into this, like, what are the Boy Scouts looking like in Night Vale? You learn so much about this world by taking something from our world and putting it into their world and seeing, showing us what it looks like. And there are so many of them, right? Like, the, you know, even like going through Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, it's like you could be an Eagle Scout, you could be a Boy Scout, you could be a Cub, you could do all those other things. We Blows. Is that one? We, we Blows? Night Vale fans, tell us about it. <laughs> we talked about cosplay a little bit at the beginning, but another thing I've seen a lot of is people sporting all the badges. Yes, we're showing so up as good. Scouts, Eternal Scouts. And it's like, they're, I don't know if, if it's become like, like there are actual people who are Star Trek fans that live as Klingons. And I wonder if the <laughs> Night Vale equivalent is like, we have formed an actual version of the scouts and there are, here are what, here are the things to become an eternal scout. And I hope so. You know, that kind of, which is my favorite as well, because it just sounds like if you're going to be a scout, be an eternal scout. Be I mean, eternal scout. What are we doing? Uh, yeah. here? I mean, how, I mean, that is the dream, right? That someone is being like, mm-hmm. this is living. This is my real it's my real life. Yeah. And on this the subject of the the cosplay and the fans kind of fans kind of making their own thing. Uh, one of the best most interesting pieces slash weird pieces of burlesque that I ever saw was um, a group of burlesque performers in New York City did a Welcome to Night Vale night where they uh, there was different pieces that were done um, and Joseph and I went to go see them and it was so great that when we did a Night Vale birthday party we asked uh, some of those performers to come and do the their burlesque pieces their Night Vale inspired burlesque pieces for uh, our audience at the birthday party and their um, was two performers who were uh, they were they were scouts and they were so creepy. There was two of them. They dressed exactly the same. They moved in perfect unison together and did a burlesque act. And they're just like it was <laughs> so cool and so beautiful and so weird and creepy um, that it was these eternal like these eternal scouts uh, in burlesque. And it was yeah, it's just. Yes. A really cool thing I was, that some fans of the show made <laughs> that we got to see and then show to our audience. I was uh, kittening for them that night. So I was picking up all their droppings, all their, you know, burlesque droppings. And uh, one of those performers was Liberty Rose from Philly. And they were both so amazing. And uh, all those burlesque performers that we had that night were just like phenomenal. And they continue to be uh, fans and yeah. support the show. Iris Explosion, she does a Kevin, does a Kevin act. Yes. Uh, that is a, a perfectly Night Vale toned uh, or Desert Bluff toned, I guess, uh, voice <laughs> for Kevin and um, has it as as her act, uh, that Kevin act. And it's so good. Um, and Iris is just such a wonderful person and so great to work with and so great to see. But it, like, 
Iris's Kevin is my second favorite Kevin next to Kevin Arfrey. Like, that is... <laughs> If there was any other way I wanted to see it, it is as this specific burlesque performance. Yes. Yes. Agreed. Uh, Up next, we have a conversation with the writer and creator of Welcome to Night Vale, Joseph Fink. But first, let's talk about the weather. This episode is The Bus is Late by Satellite High, which is a rap song. Okay. I'm going to tell you, (laughs) you know I love the rap musics, right? I'm an African-American lady, so I I am keen to the hip-hops. And I just saw this song. I remember the first time I heard it, even before I re-listened to it, I was just like, oh, so cool. And, like, it was just like a little song that you could, like, bop along to, and you're like, I'm late for the bus. And really? Who's never been late for the bus? Everybody. Yes, it really is. It's a universal story, right? You're waiting for the bus in the rain, yeah. and the bus doesn't come, and other buses come, yes! but not your bus. At least you didn't splat. You didn't get splashed, girl. Yeah, um, yeah. It's such a such a catchy tune. Yes, it's kind of a companion piece to Crisscross's "I Missed the Bus." It's a lot of a lot of discussion of buses. I mean, I'm not comparing the two. I'm saying that right. they're nice complementary pieces for bus based hip hop. <laughs> That's one of my favorite niches. It, of yeah. all the niches, of any type of niche, you can have is bus-based hip-hop. It's also fun to say, um, into your pop filter, bus-based bus, hip-hop. Bus-based <laughs> hip-hop. That's hard to say. Say that five times fast. When we did uh, our one of our first Night Vale live shows, Condos, we did at the Booksmith in uh, San Francisco. We did... It was a really great night, and we filled this bookstore with Night Vale fans, and we did the performance of condos, and our live weather was Satellite High, who did uh, who did the buses late for our audience, and it was super cool and super great yes. uh, to have this song kind of blaring through a bookstore on Haight Street in San Francisco uh, for a packed room of gorgeous Night Vale fans. Fun, a fun little insider fact is that this was a weather, um, a live weather at one of our first shows. That's awesome. That's really awesome. Wait, wait, wait. So the they were actually there? Yeah, Satellite High. Are they from San Francisco? I think he was living in the Bay Area at the time. Oh, it's sure. just one person? For this application, it was just one person. Okay, I was just going to say, um, I was like, you were there, and it was just the one Yes, there was, I one only dude. saw one dude. <laughs> um, it could have been many dudes in one giant coat. Yeah, it could have been many days when I could. It was uh, it was September of 2013. So who's to say what was going on in our lives then? Where um, were any of us? I was there. I remember being there, and that yeah, the people at the Booksmith were really nice to us, mm. and they uh, showed us a really good time. And actually, we the person who uh, helped book us there, Lauren O'Neill, uh, yes. went on to become our tour manager for our first uh, for our first El two, Money, like our first real big big tour, and then our shout uh, out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like, it's an interesting little through line is that's how we met El Money. And El Money is like one of, uh, like, I consider El Money like a soul friend, you know? Um, And we met just because they they helped book us at the bookstore because, you know, because Lauren was a fan and helped get Night Vale to this bookstore uh, to do a live show. And now Lauren is in my heart forever. When being a fan wasn't cool. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So uh, let's just talk about that for a second. Like back in the day, in the early days of Night Vale, when when people were just like, yeah, let we do things like with our friends. That's kind of how the whole deal worked. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, we we started the podcast. It was like jo- Joseph was like, I I like working with Jeffrey. He's he's a good guy. He is a good writer. To see, let's see if he wants to work on this thing with me. And it was the same thing with Cecil. It's like Cecil is a good guy. Cecil has good voice. Is good actor. And um, and so that's kind of how we just we picked up strays and uh, and now built the company that we have today from just you know connecting with people and when we come across people who are good to work with, really latching on. Which is why I'm on the phone with two, the two of you years later. Yeah. Years and many shows later. Yeah. We still find time to to join together to speak of our origins. Oh, it's like, yeah, our origin story. We're like superheroes. Yeah. Kind of. We did it. Yep. We did it, you guys. We did it. Let's go get Joseph. Hey, Josie. You ready to do it? Stay right there. Good Morning Night Vale will return after a brief break. That's the sound of me smelling my own armpit because I smell like a coconut vanilla cookie. And I smell like that because of native deodorant. Good Morning Night Vale is very pleased to be able to offer you 20% off of your first purchase of native deodorant by going to nativedeodorant.com and entering promo code GOODMORNING at checkout. I find myself very lucky to live in a time in history when deodorant exists. Think about how bad George Washington must have smelled and be grateful that you don't have to go anywhere near that. I don't want you to be stinky. I want you to smell great. And I want you to do that without endangering your body with harsh chemicals. Native deodorant can do that for you. Their products are naturally formulated and aluminum free. So you're not gonna be slowly poisoned by your own armpits. You're gonna have to find another way to die. And while you're finding that other way to die, you will smell great with a naturally derived deodorant that actually works. Native deodorant is not tested on animals, so no narwhals, which are real, will be injured for you to smell awesome. Visit nativedeodorant.com, use promo code GOODMORNING, and don't smell like George Washington. Do you have trouble getting the sleepies like I do, having a good night's sleep, like a full night's sleep? Let me introduce you to Feels, which is the premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you're like me and you have trouble, if you have stress, if you have anxiety, pain, or sleeplessness, then you just put a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you'll feel the difference within minutes. And if you're like me and you are new to CBD like I was, they offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. Feels has me feeling my best every day and it can help you too. Become a member today by going to feels.com slash good morning and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash good morning to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash good morning. So Joseph, what's up? Hey, um, I'm I'm in the next room over with the door closed so that our voices don't bleed into each other. That's what's up. That's great. So so Joseph, we're uh, talking about episode two of the podcast Welcome to Night Vale. I don't know if you're familiar with the podcast Welcome to Night Vale, but uh, we're talking about episode two, which is Glow Cloud. Um, so this episode, yeah, I li- yeah. This no, e- I'm sorry. Go ahead. This episode, I, I thought you were leading into me. I am. I'm <laughs> trying. I've been trying to trying to get you on this train. Um, so uh, this episode premiered July 1st of 2012. Uh, what was what was your life like then, Joseph? 
Well, I was selling green energy on the streets of New York City. I stood at a table for five hours at a time, and I pointed at a piece of paper, and I asked people if they paid a Con Ed bill. And then if they did, I tried to get them to sign up for the company I was selling for. Um, so it wasn't great, um, my life. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm not laughing at your life. No, you should. It wasn't good. Um <laughs> Yeah, it was weird listening to the, you know, I took a walk today and, and listened to this, um, and it, it's probably, it, it's probably, it's definitely the first time I've listened to it um, since 2012, probably, because I reread the script for the script books we did, but I, I didn't bother listening to those episodes, I just read the scripts for them. So what were your, what were your takes and reactions? Did you have any uh, reactions or takeaways when you listened to it today? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, that is super specific to me just in terms of like, I was noticing things with the editing. Um, for instance, there's this weird pause towards the beginning in the middle of a bit where I was just apparently wasn't good enough at editing yet to get rid of that pause. So I was just noticing some bad editing that annoyed me. Yeah. Fun thing to know. Joseph, um, also edits all of these episodes produced by Joseph Fink means that he sits with an audacity file and chops things together and puts things apart and sometimes makes weird sound effects. So that's another thing that Joseph Fink makes for this podcast is the actual, uh, nuts and bolts editing. Yeah. Uh, entirely self-taught. So that's where um, there was a lot less trial and error in episode two, so I didn't know how to do as much now uh, then. Uh, but I was also very pleased with myself. I remember being pleased with myself at the time that if you re-listen to the bit with the scouts, right when Cecil says, I forget which scout name, but it's one of the cool ones, the music shifts into this very cool sounding music. And that was very intentional. I like lined that up. Uh, and re-listening to it, I, I felt proud of, of myself all over again. That's so awesome, Joseph. Joseph, is it difficult to listen to any episode of this now without going into that editor brain? Because I, I, you know, when I edit something, if I watch it or listen to it again, all I'm looking at is, all right, I did that well. I did those cuts. Is it? Are you able to step back from it also a little bit and sort of appreciate where it sits in the greater canon of Night Vale? I, I am noticing the editing, but it's long enough ago that I'm not like, I can't fix it now. You know, sure. I'm six years too late to fix it. <laughs> so I'm noticing stuff like also this was the first Night Vale that has stuff by Jeffrey in it. Uh, you know, the pilot was was just me throwing things together. And this is a combination of our writing. Um, so stuff like uh, Jeffrey introduced Hiram McDaniels. I remember, I remember him writing that bit. Uh, he also introduced Kashik. Um, so it was really cool that I, to have... I remember that feeling of I had kind of gotten the ball rolling on this world, but then having another person like catch that ball and, and start expanding on it in ways um, that I hadn't thought of was a really cool feeling. And with working with Jeffrey on the script, how did you go back and forth? Like, were you sitting together writing that? I don't think a lot of the fans understand like how you guys co-write things. I mean, have you seen the the movie Ghost? Um, yes, it's, it's like that, but with a laptop. Wait, of a are you Whoopi wheel. Goldberg or are you Patrick Swayze or are you Demi Moore? Which one do I get to have my shirt off for? Patrick Swayze, uh, Whoopi Goldberg. Great. I I never I <laughs> never write. <laughs> That's the thing. I never write with my shirt on. I have a I have a, it's a moral code, really. <laughs> Okay, by the way, now I am going to constantly picture you at your desk in your basement office wearing no shirt 
just like furiously typing away. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, Jeffrey and I, um, we don't really write together. Um, we write, we always write on our own. There's only been one scene where that we ever actually sat in the same room and wrote. Back in those days, we've changed how we do it. But back in those days, what we did is we just had a shared document that we would just both contribute a lot of Night Vale writing to. So it just was filled up with all these possible storylines that we had written and, uh, you know, little traffic bits or whatever else. And uh, then when it was, you know, we'd take turns putting together the episodes. So whoever's turn it was would start grabbing, you know, would pick a main storyline from there, in this case, the glow cloud, and then would also grab a bunch of bits like the, the eternal scout bit. And then, you know, I, I, I think I was the one that put this together. So I saw the Hiram thing, (laughs) grabbed that, put it in there. And, and then we would both edit it. Um, It's changed a bit since then, but that's how we did it back for the first year or so. I'm now imagining it as you guys just wrote ideas and tossed them in various bins and then just yanked it out. And then we're like, yep, that was your basic outline. Yeah, that's that's pretty close. (laughs) How far along did you get in doing that where you're pulling chunks that you've sort of written and contributed to this? It like sort of into the ether. At what point do you look at it and go, okay, this is now we're looking at larger arcs and the the choices we made to to sort of put stuff in in episode three and four now are are gonna pay off in some way in episode 20 30 40 and and so forth those decisions tended to happen when we were writing episode 20 30 or 40 or wherever um you know we we from the beginning it was very important to us that we have strict continuity because the other thing is we didn't want to limit on how weird we went. We wanted to be able to do literally anything within that world, but the only way to make that work story-wise is if then everything that happens matters. Everything that happens has to have stayed happened and affect the world moving forward. Otherwise, nothing has any weight. Um, so from the very beginning, we knew we wanted strict continuity and that everything had to kind of carry on and affect each other. And so that kind of led naturally to these long-term storylines, because as a writer, as you build, since you don't want to violate the continuity, you're constantly going back and rereading what's happened and then trying to build on that. Writing is hard. Everything's hard. Writing such a big world is hard. Like you're, you, Joseph, you always talk about how you don't want to write nonfiction because you don't want to research. You don't want to research. You want to be able to just make things up. Um, but at this point, you have now made up a world that you sometimes need to research to be able to write for. <laughs> so true. Yeah, but it's, there's that like wishy-washiness. If I make a little mistake in the, you know, I don't want to violate like a major continuity thing, but if I, you know, if I have something happen in episode 100 that in episode five we said was illegal in Night Vale, eh, it's not the end of the world. I, the, what I always say with like nonfiction I, I, or even worse historical fiction is I just get really panicky about all the le- little details. Like you can re- research big historical events, but then you're going to get like how belt buckles worked in the 19th century wrong and right. someone's going to yell at you. And that that's the stuff that gives me a panic attack. Zippers weren't invented yet. And you're like, oh, God, there's going to be someone who's going to go. Well, yeah, actually, they're going to say it like that. <laughs> Actually, who was the first person. Who was the first person who said, "Well, actually, actually, 
Um, so Joseph, uh, looking at GlowCloud and creating the character of the GlowCloud, which is now such a, a big part of the fandom and a big part of the story. I mean, we're touring a live show right now called All Hail, which is about the GlowCloud. We were. And we were. We right? were. When this, as the date of this airs, you should be able to listen to hopefully your very own episode of All Hail. But yeah, so we, so much in the world has been created around the Glow Cloud. When you were beginning to create this character and create this episode, did you, did you think it would have such a, be such a big, important part? I didn't think much about the future at all um, at the time. You know, it was such a new project. Um, that it was just sort of a thing to do. Like, we hadn't thought at all about, here's how long we're going to do this. Um, here's the future of it. It was just kind of a, let's do this for now and see if it stays fun. So, yeah, as I said, like, we didn't start thinking about building long-term stories or revisiting characters much for probably for a few months. Because at the beginning, we were just trying stuff. And it wasn't until later that it occurred to us to start kind of bringing things back and and building out. Really wasn't until even the second year that I think we really tried our hand at like a story that went over several episodes. Mm -hmm. Did you ever go back and listen to episodes when you were writing like season two? Like, did you ever go back and you're like, oh, what did we say there? Or did you just like let it go? Oh, we constantly go back. I mean, the nice thing is, so all of our scripts, I probably shouldn't say this because someone's, I'm sure... Uh, figured out how to hack google documents uh, but all of our scripts just live in a like shared google document folder and the cool thing well i would say the cool thing about google docs is that it has a search function that search function is kind of a piece of shit but it does it does sort of work so anytime anytime like from the very beginning and, and all the way until now if i'm going to write about a character i'll search that character in all, all of our scripts and kind of read the last five, ten things we said about them. Okay. Just to kind of see where they are and make sure that I'm continuing their story in a coherent way. Nice. So, Joseph, you're on this second ever episode of Good Morning Night Vale. Is there anything you want to say or share in this, this Night Vale chat zone? Oh, yeah. Any plugs? The chat zone. <laughs> Any plugs? Uh, yeah. Uh, mm. Listen to We Got This. Good. I like it. I was sitting here... Um, uh, well, I was watching Nashville, but then I was worried that that was once the internet started getting weird. I started playing uh, my Switch, and I was listening to you all talk about buses late. Um, that there's it, it. I don't think anyone expect like that became such a a weird hit with our fans. People really focused on that song, um, which I don't think either us or the person that made that song saw coming. Um, that was back when. In my original conception for the weather, all the songs were going to be kind of weird. Um, and then I abandoned that almost immediately. Like, episode three is not a weird song at all. It's just, it just went into that my new criteria for weather became song I like. Right. Um, and, but uh, this, so uh, this was still like um, Satellite High. So, Satellite High is one person. Uh, it's a guy named Jay Friedman. And I knew him through the website Something Awful, same way I knew John Bernstein, who does, who's Disparition, does the soundtrack for Night Vale. And he has songs I like more. It's just that was kind of a, um, a really unusual song. It's actually based on, um, there was this Twitter account of this guy, and it was like, at the time, back in 2012 or whatever, this Twitter account became kind of a viral sensation. And it was just this guy that was very obsessed with buses, and he would just like take pictures of buses as he rode them 
and everyone kind of really got to like him. He was just a very enthusiastic guy who really liked buses. And so the inside of the bus. Uh, no, usually the outside, like the guy rode buses, but as he waited, he would take pictures of all oh. the buses and, and oh, okay. also like tweet about the bus and what it was going on with it. So it's, this song is actually from an EP that Satellite High that was like an entire concept album about this guy's Twitter feed. He has since, um, I think the, the, the kind of the focus on the song freaked him out a bit and he, he changed his name from Satellite High to something else. And now, I don't know if he still does music. He now does a podcast, actually, called, uh, I think it's called I Don't Even Own a TV, um, about bad books. But yeah, he's kind of taken his own internet journey since 2012. And the internet's hard, you know? It's a hard mistress. And if you're not prepared for it, you know, it could throw you into a tizzy. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, you're you're a rapper who is, outside of this song, like a serious rapper, like this was kind of a joke song. And I, so I think it... It was just a little weird for him to have this one blow up, you know? Weird Al didn't become Weird Al in a day, you know? He did not. It took him two days. He's so good. I love Weird Al. Uh, Joseph, thank you so much for chatting with us today on Good Morning Night Vale about the Glow Cloud. We really appreciate you taking time out of your very busy schedule where you make many a podcast and write many a book to uh, to chat with us about this show. So we really appreciate it. Thank you for creating this show. And now this show where we talk about the show that you created on the network that was created out of that show. And now there are a bunch of other shows. It just blows my mind uh, after meeting you. Uh, we met five years ago at a Thrilly Adventure Hour show. And then now, now look. Now look what you did. Damn it. Now look what I did. Yeah, I... We met Hal at uh, Thrilling Adventure Hour, and Hal was, from the very first time we met him, just one of the most friendly people I've ever met. I had fun talking to both of you. I, I don't have a follow-up. It's just, it was, you're, you're a very nice <laughs> There's person. There's a lot of well, Hal love I, in this so episode, you. you know? Um, which is <laughs> good. A, I always, I love, I love that you guys are out in LA, and we got to have dinner, and like, I'm so happy to get to see y'all, because uh, I don't get to see you very often, so when I do, I relish it. Yeah, it's been nice having a friendly face in town, and that friendly face belongs to you, Hal Loveland. That's right. I'm here. I want to be there. Come you on. You keep that friendly face in a jar next to your bed. Wow, Eleanor Rigby. Just like Eleanor Rigby. <laughs> yeah, my alarm clock is that face screaming at me in the morning. That's how I wake up. <laughs> Thank you, guys. We're going to close this podcast out with a prayer, as always. No. Um, yes. Thank you so much for listening to episode two of Good Morning Night Vale, Good Morning Glow Cloud. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the episode Station Management, where we will be hearing from Night Vale listeners out there about their theories, their questions, their comments. Um, we want to hear from you. So uh, look forward to that in our next episode, where we're going to be engaging with you, the listener. Cannot wait. Yeah. As us, the talkers. I love A-ing cues. So let's get some good cues in there and we will A the F out of them. Yeah. Uh, thank you so, so much for listening. And I want to say thank you to Hal and Symphony for uh, really, really bearing with us and being just the, the most lovely people to have. Yeah. Well, thank you to you because there wouldn't be three of us without you. You're also lovely and wonderful and like a den mother to all of us. For goodness sakes. Because you're a bear mama. Thank you. Thank you. I, I am most cozy in a den. <laughs> Thank you so much. And good morning, Night Vale. Good morning.
Good Morning Night Vale is a Night Vale Presents production. It is hosted by Symphony Sanders, Hal Lublin, and Meg Bashwiner. It is edited by Grant Stort. It is mixed by Vincent Cascione. It is produced by Meg Bashwiner. Theme music by Disparition. Special thanks to our guest this week, Joseph Fink. Leave us a voicemail at 929-277-2050 or email us at info at goodmorningnightvale.com to share your theories and to ask questions or just to recommend places that you like to eat. For more info on this show, go to goodmorningnightvale.com and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Nightvale Chat. Special thanks to Christy Gressman, Jeffrey Craner, Joseph Fink, and Adam Cecil. Today's adverb, majestically. We majestically filed our taxes because we are majestic mermaids, mermaids with multiple sources of freelance income. W-2s, more like H2O. Mermaids got a hustle, right? you to write a story about a wedding reception. I want you to make that story two minutes. That's about 200 to 250 words when you read it out loud. Finish it, refine it a bit, work on it, get it to somewhere that you are happy with it. I want you to delete it. That's me, Joseph Fink, giving a short writing assignment on me and my Welcome to Night Vale co-writer Jeffrey Craner's new podcast, Start With This. If that prompt sparked your creativity, then give it a listen, because on this show, it's you who will do the creating. Not sure where to start? Start with this. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.